Welcome to CIO Leadership Live, Women in Technology. I'm Lee Rennick, editor of CIO.com in Canada, and I'm very excited to welcome Sarah Fenwick, Vice President, Business Technology at Redden's Pets. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us today. Could you please introduce yourself? Um, tell us a little bit about your role at Rens Pets as well, please. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. Hi, everybody. Um, as mentioned, my name is Sarah Fenwick. I am the Vice President of Business Technology at Rens Pets. Uh, I've been there for about eight and a half years now. Um, my responsibilities are pretty vast, but they cover the entire tech stack at Rens. Uh, so I'm responsible for finding efficiencies in the software, sourcing new software and new tools for the team to use. And then I'm also responsible for all of our data management, um, integrity, business intelligence, reporting, and our, our kind of an analytics suite website. Wow, so really responsible for many, many facets and parts of the business or feeding into them or out of them in the business. I really appreciate you telling telling us about your role there. So uh, I really do appreciate you joining us here today, Sarah. This series has been created to support CIOs and senior tech leaders in their business and leadership journey. Um, so wanted to really talk to you a little bit about your career path. We had a chance to talk about a week ago, and you provided some really cool insights on uh, your own roadmap and road path to your 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 role career at uh, Rens Pets, especially as a woman. Are there any lessons learned that you could share around that? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, my uh, entrance into the tech space was a little bit unorthodox, um, but uh, it all kind of started. I guess my mom actually is a licensed electrician, which is really rare, especially at her time growing up. So she was in the trades and in kind of more of a, a STEM steam area. So growing up, it was uh, a little bit easier for me. I wasn't raised with any notions of what a female should do with their career. And it kind of left all of those doors open to me. Um, I had plans to be a veterinarian. So I have a degree in biology. So it's in STEM, but not really relevant to business technology. Um, so I, as I was going through school, worked in retail, as you do, to kind of pay the bills. Um, and uh, when I got out of school, I kind of had fallen out of love with being a veterinarian, but still was interested in the pet and uh, companion animal space. So a job posting kind of came up at Ren's Pets, and it was for reception and accounts receivable. So um, that was my entry, entry level <laughs> into Ren's Pets. Um, so I started there and kind of quickly gained steam um, with my skill set. So I started in accounts receivable, quickly took on payroll. So I was running the payroll there for a few years. Um, and a big part of my workload there was uh, helping the stores, balancing their daily cash balancing, helping them with any accounting questions they had. Because of my background in retail, um, I had a really good rapport with the managers and the store staff and kind of understood their struggles. So when we were looking at implementing a new ERP um, in 2015, uh, they asked if I wanted to design the POS, so to help it make it a little bit more efficient, um, make it run based on all of the feedback I had gotten from the store. So I took that on and kind of ran with it. So it really uh, highlighted my uh, communication skills, organization skills, problem-solving skills, and that really shone out during that, that launch period. So that led the company to kind of create a role for me as an internal systems manager within the company, and it was my job to make sure all of those new ERP rollouts went smoothly, that we um, added uh, communication tools and we could understand the problems. And I was quick at understanding the software, 
and being able to communicate the issues or the solutions that we had promoted to the to the store staff. So uh, a few promotions later, throw in a few web replatforms, um, some new tech rollouts, and then a pandemic. And uh, here we are now as a VP. Um, but yeah, the biggest tip I could give uh, as a woman in tech, especially with my non-conventional entrance, where I don't really have an IT training, uh, formal training anyway, is to really know and invest in your own personal skill set. So make sure that that skill set, you know what it is and that it's invaluable to the organization. So uh, that natural aptitude for technology that I had combined with that kind of curious mindset that I have really has gotten me quite far in my career. Um, so that would be my biggest tip. That's amazing. And and actually, you didn't mention this to me before, but your mom being in, uh, you said she was an electrician. Mm-hmm. Um, just that, uh, I guess, the ability, yeah, to be able to see someone in a non-gender stereotype role as a, you know, as somebody who you look up to must have just For been sure. That That's incredible. That's really amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, you didn't realize that when you're younger, you don't realize it's strange, right? So if yeah. your parents, your mother's an electrician, and when I tell people now, they're like, oh, wow, really? And it's, it's always kind of a surprise, but to me, it was normal, right? So yeah. that helps yeah. remove that stigma. So having these kind of conversations will help with that, too. That's right, yeah, and demystifying the role of what STEM is or STEAM is. I mean, that's such a big area that so many organizations are working in the, with young girls who are in, you know, grades five, six, seven. So we demystify what computer science means or the word science, right? So phenomenal. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with me. I really appreciate it. Um, so just going back on your career journey and the work you've done throughout the years, you know, it really sounds like you, well, you did truly learn the business and the business model. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how that impacts your role as the most senior tech leader in your company? You know, I know previously we talked about the holistic view of the company. I'd love to learn more about that. Sure. So through my career here at Rens, I've been able to see the day-to-day work of most departments, right? So I've done the actual uh, day-to-day work myself. I've invoiced in accounts payable. I've helped in replenishment and created purchase orders. I've picked orders in the warehouse. I've worked at the stores during our promotional events, during tent sales. Um, I ran the payroll. There's, I've kind of touched every department in some way. So it's given me a really comprehensive and holistic view of how RENS operates. So it's creating that kind of really true understanding of the end user how they use the tools that you're providing them, and then really rooting yourself in the core values and vision of the company. And that's been fundamental in accelerating our growth and my growth within the company. So it really, having that holistic view allows you to be nimble and really quick to act on uh, implementing any new tech or strategy, uh, but it also helps you be discerning. So you know what isn't going to work for your specific vertical, um, because every vertical within retail is slightly different. Um, and since I'm able to understand how that new process or tool or code change or what have you will affect the department that it, every department that it touches, it allows me to eliminate uh, things that won't work or promote things that I think might be a good value add to the company. Um, it, so it's allowed us to be really, really quick to action, um, especially during COVID, um, having limited resources. Um, and we were very lucky and we were not slow in anything. We continued uh, during COVID. Uh, We were able to open new stores. Um, We launched DoorDash. So we kept innovating and us having that 
me having that holistic view and that kind of roadmap has really helped us keep the momentum going and move quickly. Uh, it also really helps you to prioritize the issues, right? So what's the most value add for the company? Um, what is the kind of need to have right now? What is the want to have? Um, and organize yourself. And then it gives you a lot of trust, and it gives the executive team a lot of trust in you that you really understand the problem from all aspects so that you are going to propose that best long-term solution and you have that buy-in from the whole executive team to do so. Yeah, that's and that's really a great point because, you know, um, I was just thinking while you were talking about this about, you know, the trust within the teams, the fact that you probably have great communication with with the various components of the the organization. So, you know, you can probably, like you said, problem solve very quickly because you understand it and you've got a direct line into those people that are building that area of the business. So I think that that's really great um, to hear about and tip for some of the people that might be watching and listening into this uh, webinar. And it kind of leads into our next question, which is, I do follow Ren's pets on um, on LinkedIn, but I also have four dogs and a cat, so I'm there often. <laughs> so see a lot of amazing growth with um, some of your stores across, you know, just opening up and a lot of great celebration around that. You, I know you've developed a lot of, you, you do do a lot of strategy around that. You're um, even, you know, you've built some proprietary tech for this to support the growth. Can you tell me a little bit about that um, and the way your role supports many facets of the business? We just touched on that, but obviously the bricks and mortar store growth, the customer analytics, you know, supporting the omni-channel sales and marketing aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you said, Renz, we're absolutely in fast-paced growth mode. Um, it's a really exciting time to be part of the team. Um, when I started, we only had six stores. Uh, we just opened our 44th. Um, we have two more to go this year, and then we have another eight at least in the pipeline for next year. So massive growth within the company. So uh, lots of room for uh, great opportunities for anyone out there that's looking for a role. Uh, shoot me, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so our goal kind of at RENS right now is to be a national, powerful, omni-channel network. And we want to be that trusted resource that people go to for all things pet, right? So our focus uh, to kind of accomplish that has kind of been twofold. One of them is the data. Data is king right now. I think a lot of companies are really understanding and beginning to understand how valuable customer data is, customer insights, and really diving into that data to find trends and uh, different uh, opportunities for growth. Um, so we really make sure that we're understanding our customers, their needs, um, and what they want. Uh, pet specialty is a very unique vertical uh, because it's kind of half grocery, half uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. you get there. So we have those kind of recurring purchases, but then you also have all the fun stuff, uh, the leashes and collars and all of those cool things. So our customers like to be able to shop both for convenience and for um, for like in-store. So there's no real separation between uh, an in-store customer and an e-commerce only customer. People like to go in-store for certain things, like to have the uh, auto ship or recurring purchases and stuff like that online, um, because it's still kind of a tactile event experience for you to bring your pets into the store. You're like, oh, uh, Fido's being really annoying today. He's got too much energy. I know what we can do. Let's go to the pet store. <laughs> we'll go find him a new toy. It'll be a little outing. He'll be all tired when we get home. So there's always that piece of it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what we've really looked into on the data side is uh, our loyalty program. So we have a best-in-class loyalty program that we've built from the ground up. It's called Runs Rewards. 
rewards members make up 90% of our purchases. So we focus on those guys pretty heavily, and we work on their repeat purchase rate and things like that, as, uh, as well as our exceptional customer service. You always want to be sure we're focusing on that customer service aspect. Yeah. Um, and we do a lot of surveys to those customers so we can see what they want from us. So we survey them from, like, everything from a new tech initiative, uh, DoorDash, when we were implementing that, we asked their opinion on things like that, new perks or rewards that we're thinking about implementing and whether or not they would be interested in those kind of things. So it's helped us eliminate some things off of our wish list and add some things to our wish list. So it's been really great. We do monitor things like uh, your traditional, like, LTV to CAC ratios, churn, revenue retention, NPS scores. Uh, but being in pet, we have a bit of a unique opportunity so we can get more data from our customers. So if you think about it, right, you're going to be pretty hesitant to give any information to a retailer. A lot of people are very uh, concerned about your personal information, and rightfully so. Um, but when it comes to your pets, you usually can't shut up about it, right? You can't <laughs> if they ask you, hey, how's your dog doing? You know everything yeah. about your dog, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guilty. So um, we can get them to give us information about their pet, like their birthday, what breed they are, without hesitation, right? So um, it gives us a lot of insight because we're really targeting to the pet as much as the parent. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, we also implemented during COVID a system called Amarsis. It's a great marketing tool that we've used to resource um, uh, our customer data. It's been a really fantastic ad. It gives a lot of insight into customer buying patterns, um, how to personalize recommendations to them. It gives them targeted, segmented uh, marketing communications, changes their online experience based on their purchase history. So it's really about that personalization and that personal touch uh, with our customers. And then, as you mentioned kind of earlier, the, the proprietary software that we uh, created. Um, so we've used some tools in the industry to kind of come up with a uh, real estate uh, software, I guess. So when we're looking for new stores, um, we take all of that revenue rewards data and we feed it into this tool and it layers on things like uh, local pet related businesses. So groomers, dog parks, dog walkers. Um, it also looks at the pet spend in the area. So like how much actual dollars are being flooded into the market, the demographics of the area, um, what the different co-tenancy may be in a specific plaza that we like. Um, and then it gives us the best cities where runs is needed, right? So where there's a gap in the market that we can fill. And then it shows us actually which location in that city is the best spot to go. So it really allows us to be super tactical about where we build locations. And we're super patient, so we can wait and find the right mix, right? So if there's a specific city we want to be in, but there's no great physical location, we take our time and wait until that physical box area in the city that opens up for us to to find a place there. So we have that data side. (laughs) Um, And then the other piece uh, that we really focused on for that growth path is communication. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I became VP, I was very laser focused on making sure that I uh, had strong channels of communication with every department. So what I decided to do was implement some BT huddles, some business technology huddles that I had with every department. So I had them with the warehouse, purchasing, finance, the market managers of the retail stores. Um, and then we would have those. Originally, it was biweekly. Now stretched out to quarterly, just because the volume of uh, issues and communication needed didn't need to be every two weeks. Um, but what we would do in these huddles was we, we would review a big Kanban board that I put together for the whole company. 
So I was able to put issues that they had that came up in the meeting. We'd actually put them live on the Kanban board. Um, I would be able to show them what every other department was working on. It helps give them a view of everything that's going on instead of their kind of like uh, siloed view from their department only. So it allowed us to say, okay, we can prioritize kind of with everyone's buy-in what needs to be focused on first mm-hmm. um, and allowed them to kind of see timelines and see movement as well, right? Okay, so now this is, you asked me for this specific report, it's in development, we should be launching it next week for you or whatever it may be. So they were able to see that movement and it gives them a lot of trust in the process. Um, so we were able to really uh, do that with every department. And then it also helped me uh, organize my brain and make sure I had everything there um, and be objective in terms of how I was spending my time. Um, it's kind of one of the nice perks of being working from home now is that uh, although I have some really great friends at the office, I may have uh, been more inclined unconsciously to support their teams a little more just because we had more communication. So being at home, I was able to look at this board more objectively and say, okay, I have five tickets for replenishment, five tickets for finance. I'm kind of spreading my time evenly. Uh gives everyone that feeling of uh, support and that they're important and their issues or concerns are also being heard. So it also helped me get to know a lot of people really quickly in the company during COVID. So uh, definitely great along those lines. And also the concern of uh, having a big lofty title like VP, right. I didn't want that to be a barrier between um, an end user being comfortable communicating an issue with me or talking to me about a problem or coming up with a great idea that they have about something they've seen somewhere else or anything like that. I love it. I love the Kanban. I love all the work you're doing in that area. And, you know, a lot of CIOs, when we talk about the role or the senior tech leader is, you know, that seat at the leadership table, right? And I think this demonstrates just you know, how proactively you're sitting as a leader in the company to make sure there's open communication, there's full transparency. I think that's the word we used last time around, what's happening, what's in process, you know, what roadblocks there might be. So congratulations to you for, for doing that and taking the initiative. Yeah. I think it's it's a great one to talk about and um, really inspiring, you know, for me to hear about. Um, so I wanted to we lead into the next question um, around diversity and technology and your role as a woman in a leadership role at, at Rens Pets, because this is a great example of building that leadership piece. Um, so we talked about, you know, that as an example of what you've done to ensure, you know, that you're in this leadership role and you're being productive. But, you know, what are you doing in your role just around bias in um, hiring and, and building your teams? Um, and, you know, how are you working within your team around removing bias uh, from the leadership conversation and I know that Rens Pets is doing a lot of work in the area of DE&I. I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about that, too. Sure. Yeah, in terms of uh, our company, one thing that we're very proud of and that we kind of don't talk about as much as we should, and I don't, I don't know why, but um, uh, is our leadership team, our, our executive team is actually more than 50% women, which is very rare. Um, so it's something that we're really proud of. Um, all of our senior market managers are women. Um, so a lot of the higher-ups in the company uh, reflect the customer base that we have, as well as our retail staff mix, which is about 25% women. So it actually reflects that very well, which is something that's really great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, we brought on a director of HR. Her name's Sherry. Shout out to Sherry. Um, she's been a real guiding light on our path for D&I. Um, with the D&I 
really walk before you run. And I think a lot of companies jump into it in a reactive mindset, and it's a little bit superficial in how they're approaching it. Mm -hmm. So you see people just kind of hire an inclusivity manager or a diversity director, and then they kind of leave it at that, look, we did something kind of thing. So we're at the beginning of the journey through DE&I, but what we really focused on is that that first step needs to be education. So educating our leadership team, educating our staff on the issues that are facing marginalized communities in the in, in our workforce as well as the world as a whole, mm-hmm. and then finding ways that support them in a meaningful way. Um, so we decided to implement what we've called the, the Social Justice League, which is our cute name for it, um, but it's a voluntary committee that we have at, at Rents Pets that we uh, invite everyone from all walks of life, all roles within the organization to be a part of. And then they take on the, the huge task of really finding those resources and then creating educational materials that we share to our staff on our weekly huddles uh, through other communication channels that we have. Um, and it's been a really great success. So they've done two programs so far um, this year. They took over our Pride Month initiative. So they focus on education for staff and customers as opposed to uh, just changing our logo, making it rainbow or anything like that. We wanted to make sure we were doing real, real things. Um, So they did some really great presentations for our staff, sent out a lot of resources. Um, All of our social media and our campaigns on it were about educating people what the different colors of the rainbow flag meant Mm -hmm. because they all have a different meaning. So getting people to understand what that was, we had the staff uh, have a really great fundraiser in store where you were able to bring your dog in and paint their paw and get like a little um, canvas. Um, And all of the donations for that went to EGALE, which is a really great foundation for LGBTQIA plus uh, community members uh, in Canada. So we uh, raised and donated $5,000 to that organization for Pride. So we're really proud of that. Um, and then the second one they did recently was uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day, so another big piece of um, our culture. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot about Indigenous rights and um, all of the uh, things with residential schools, and we talked about it. So one of our core values is candor, so making sure that we're kind of talking about a lot of these kind of difficult subjects. Um, but what we decided to do for that fundraiser is, like, I'm sure you noticed during the whole thing that was going on with Ukraine and all of that, most retailers were asking for donations a lot. So we were getting concerned about donation fatigue. So what we decided to do was do a uh, fundraiser um, where we sourced local art. So each store went and found an Indigenous artist, uh, sourced a piece of local artwork for them, bought it from that Indigenous artist, and then we did raffle tickets for that artwork so we were able to support the artists and then any money raised from those raffles were donated to the Downey Wenjack Fund so we were really excited about how that one went so that's kind of where we're at in terms of education. Uh, Next steps for us we're really going to look at uh, internal unconscious biases I guess in your hiring processes so um, I mentioned we're really proud of the gender inclusivity that we have but there's always room for growth in the DEI space we definitely have blind spots like any other company. So uh, we are going to be working on that to kind of root out where any of that unconscious bias lives. Um, but I think what's going to really set us apart as a leader in this space is that the intention and the buy-in from our executive team is really there. So everybody's fully supportive in doing this and doing it correctly. 
um, and honoring kind of all of those communities that may feel not as included as they should be. That is really fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I think, you know, for me, it's the, like you say, it's the intention. And also you just said, you know, building education, not only for your internal staff, but for your customers. I think that is a fantastic just way of approaching DE&I and in supporting and ensuring that we have, you know, a diverse and equitable and inclusive society. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Very informative, <laughs> very inspirational. I really appreciate you joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. I really appreciate it.